Another shortcut is that we get sold because we don't have enough information or enough time to seek out all the available information, right? The infomercial uh, thing, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, we just kind of fall prey to this, you need this in your life, this is why it's a good deal, go ahead and do it. Welcome to Getting Money Right, a show dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom through education and inspiration so you can be free to pursue your true life's purpose. We're your hosts, David Thompson and Leo Sabo, and I'm excited about this episode, Leo. Yeah, me too. <laughs> We've been doing some things on economics, and we got into the new year, but going back to some of the economic stuff we talked about, we came across this term that uh, really sparked a lot of conversation for us. And so this is not an economics conversation. This is a conversation about making decisions. And mm -hmm. in the world that we live in with so many options, so many online choices, yeah. uh, so many reviews, so many ratings, it can be almost impossible to make a decision. And yeah. we're going to dig into that. <laughs> now, the word that sparked that discussion for us was the words bounded rationality. Mm. <laughs> so sounds, sounds really important. Yes, yeah, that's really important. So we're not going to spend forever on that. We're going to go on to the decision side. But the idea of bounded rationality, well, to break it down, rationality, rational, is the idea that you would make decisions based on reason or logic, like mm -hmm. we're all pretty rational, right? but bounded, it means constrained or limited. Mm -hmm. You're limited in your ability to make rational decisions. And that's what we ran into. As right. we were talking through this, there's so many options, so many decision points, so many pieces of information out there mm -hmm. that it becomes extremely difficult to make decisions. Yes. So Leo, what are some of those constraints? What are some of those things that hold us back? Yeah. So when you talk about bonded rationality, there's three aspects uh, that are included in making decisions and we're limited by these three. One is personal information. And by personal information is that we don't have all the information. That's really what we mean, that there's a lack of knowledge sometimes as we're trying to make a decision. So the decision maker, you and I, might not be aware of all the best information that will help us to make that decision be the optimum decision. So making the best decision that we possibly can. Yeah, and I mean, we see this all the time where maybe you're going to buy a car mm -hmm. and the person selling the car has a lot more information on the history of the vehicle, how yep. it's been maintained, yep. uh, and you only have a limited amount of information. Mm -hmm. uh, and now you've got multiple brands to look at. You've got multiple price points to look at. So there's so much information out there that you might lack all knowledge, which we all do. Yep, yep, <laughs> and yep. so, so that's a holdback. Another one is cognitive limitations. And let's just be honest. Uh, we all have different abilities to learn and absorb mm -hmm. and things that we enjoy. There are things that when I begin to read and try to learn and gather information on something, my brain just slows down to molasses mm -hmm. and I have no interest in it. And so it's a lot harder for me to gain the information that I need because I've kind of got a cognitive limitation in that area. Yeah. And we also create biases or have biases, right? Our, our own or, or biases that come as a result of gaining the information, gaining the information that helps us to make the decision. So yeah, that, that's, a, that's a very limiting factor when you realize, I don't know what I don't know. Right. Right. to make this decision. Am I making the right decision? So it creates this insecurity or, or inability to, to make the decision. Uh, so the other, the last one is time constraints. Time is one of the biggest constraints for us as human beings. And we often make decisions in haste or feel like we have to make decisions in haste uh, due to 
you know, I need this item today or my car broke down, I need to get another one. So there's this limited time. I have to make a decision and it seems like I never have enough time to make what I feel is the optimum decision. Yeah. Right. So there's three things, personal information or the lack of knowledge, cognitive limitations, and then time constraints. These yeah. three is what what is really included in this bounded rationality, the ability to make rational decisions that are the best decisions that we can make for whatever we're trying to decide. Right. So next time you're going to make a decision, think about these three things. You know, do I have the information I need? Is there something that's slowing me down personally, mentally? And am I making this on a quick timeline mm -hmm. for a reason that I don't really need to? Is it, do I feel like it's an emergency when it's not? Usually people are going to act in their own best interest. Mm -hmm. uh, usually people are going to do things that will increase their happiness. Usually we're going to do things that are logical and right. rational. Uh, but unfortunately, some of these biases and other factors, they conspire against us. Uh, this bounded rationality occurs and it causes us to make bad choices that go against the things that we even want. Mm -hmm. You know, we have a desired outcome. We have a plan. I walk into the store and I say, okay, I'm going to spend $200 on this product today, yeah. Yeah. but I'm not going to spend more than 200. You know, I've got my own personal limits that I come in with. Uh, but as I begin to learn and find out things, and I talk to the salesperson I find out that there's no way I can leave the store for just $200 today because yeah. I need to add a warranty and I need to add th you know extra parts over here and I need to pick up this extra piece to install the piece. I mean, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And so, so these are the things that we're dealing with where we're not able to fulfill our desires and get a level of satisfaction. And that leads us to a frustrated point. And so what are some of the shortcuts, Leo, that, that we tend to lean towards when we run into this? What are just some of the basic shortcuts? Yeah. Um, so one, one other thing I want to say before I answer that question is I think that, in fact, I know that all of us deal with this on a day-to-day -day basis because we're dealing with the with making decisions and making sure that we stick to a certain plan, right? So if we make a budget, we know what our constraints are. We know how much money we have in these areas. So it creates this frustration, I think, in us when we're not able to make the money provide the things that we want or desire or even need, right? So if I set aside a certain amount for, let's say, maintaining my home, but then something breaks, and now I'm under the pressure of I don't have enough or I have a limited amount, and I think I think I have enough to, let's say, replace this water heater. I've got $400. But then I start looking at water heaters, and I realize, okay, well, the water heater I had is a 40-gallon. I need a 60 because we tend to run short. So now I'm starting to look at all the options, right? And before I know it, this $400 seems like a ridiculous amount to spend <laughs> that I'm going to need twice that to be able to get a decent, you know, what, what I think is the value that I need. Right. So this is something that the reason we're bringing it up is because it's something that we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. And I think more than we even realize that every decision we make has this built into it. And I, when I'm coaching someone, especially a couple in their personal finances and helping them to come together, create a plan, and then live that plan out. This is usually where the stress becomes very real for them is because they have this perception of what they would like to do and then the reality of what I, what they actually have to do. Right. Right? And usually what, what ends up happening in our meetings, so, you know, past the created, creating the budget phase, is that they come back with things that have happened. We went over because. And what I'm usually hearing is these this bonded rationality they've tried to create these decisions or make these decisions i should say to stick to the plan but it seems like it's impossible 
So I do think that there are ways that we can come to a solution. Obviously, if we only have so much to spend, right, we have right. to figure out a way to, how to make that work. Right. And regardless of how much pressure we might have, we need to really diagnose that and find what do we really need because there is an adequate product, an adequate um, whatever it is that we need that's going to meet what we have as far as the financial side. You know, if I only have $200 to spend on the item, then there's got to be an item out there for $200. That's going to satisfy the basics of what I need. What we need to be careful of, though, is that the biases and all right. those things that come right. in, the things that you talked about, David, that there's so much information that we get today and so many options that that doesn't make us feel like we cannot do that for $200. Right, right. right? Yeah, and that's it, really the key. That is the key. That's the key. Because if we don't solve that problem then we're constantly going to be chasing what we think is the va the real value when the real value can be actually had can be had at $200. Right. We think the real value cannot be had for less than 400. Right. See what I mean? And I think that's the that's the struggle that we need to to understand yeah. and understand that it is a battle that we fight every day. But then let's look at some of the shortcuts we take to make these decisions so that we can stick with this plan that we have. Right? Yeah, I can give three just quick examples. I mean, I've talked to, I've counseled with people, and I'm thinking of three different people. One person, uh, they they couldn't imagine living in an apartment for under a thousand dollars because it had to be unsafe. It yeah. had to be in yes. a bad neighborhood. It yes. it had to be too small that was you know impractical for their lifestyle. And but a thousand dollars was their limit, yeah. And they couldn't get past the bias of living on less than a thousand dollars for their housing. I talked to another person. We walked through their um, their spending on food, mm -hmm. and the bias was, oh no, I have to have organic, or right. I have to have, right. um, you know, the premium brand, or I have to have this. And and they were they were overfilling their basket with expensive produce, expensive products. That, that, hey, when you have the margin, mm -hmm. go for it. Like when you have it in your budget, do that. That's wonderful. But sometimes you do eat rice and beans and the leanest, the cheapest <laughs> cut of chicken that you can find. Yeah. You know, the one that's going to expire two days from now, not 10 days from now. And it's right. like, hey, they're trying to get rid of it. You, you change your buying decisions based on some of those constraints. Mm -hmm. and, and then I've talked to people that, you know, there's no way I could be in a used car because a used car is just not safe. Right. And the bias of it not being safe causes them to overspend thousands of dollars that they don't have because of different biases. So, I mean, I mean, cars, houses, yeah. groceries, yeah. we deal with this on a daily basis. Yeah, absolutely. So let's look at some of the shortcuts we take in making these decisions. So one is we rely on celebrities to tell us about products. I mean, if you think about any kind of TV watching you do, you're going to have a celebrity tell you either about life insurance or about reverse mortgages or whatever. And we tend to put a lot of, unfortunately, we tend to trust these individuals because to a degree they've entertained us. We somewhat know them. We think we do anyway. Right. And that when they say something, it just has this weight that it must be true. It must be right. I mean, Alex Trebek, for crying out loud, is telling me <laughs> this is that, that, that this this right. insurance is the answer to my you know my to my debt right. benefit. And he's or on and he's, and he he handles difficult questions every single day. I mean, so how he could must he know? Right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's ridiculous for me even to fight against that uh, the, that mindset. That you know. So yes, celebrities is one of those things that we we allow them to influence us in making those decisions. Yeah, I, I had a cup of tea yesterday that was given to me by a friend who bought it because a celebrity recommended it. And and they said, hey, the, the celebrity told me this is the best tea in the world, so I bought you know, a pound of it, and I want you to have some. And mm -hmm. I was really grateful. I enjoyed it. 
But it just reinvigorated that thought in my mind that, man, who we listen to and who we allow to be influencers in our life yep. really matters. Now, in this situation, it was a great product. It was a great tea. So I'm not, not giving that a hard time. But right. it just showed, man, uh, you know, if, if you're paying attention to people that sell a lot of product, you're going to end up buying a lot of product from them. So be aware of who's influencing you. Be, I mean, be aware of what magazines you're reading. Mm-hmm. Be aware of what you're watching on television. Yep. Be aware of what thought leaders or celebrities you're following because you're going to absorb from them. Uh, and if you're listening to leaders who are selling you things that will help your life, that may be really beneficial. If you're listening to leaders that are going to sell you garbage, mm-hmm. you're going to add garbage to your life, yeah. not even realizing it. Right. And uh, and I see this happen in my own home all the time. Things that I'm like, well, I didn't even realize I bought that book because I heard it from two or three different leaders. And and I consider them, you know, celebrities. Maybe the average person wouldn't, but you know, these are the people that I look up and revere in my mind. And not, I heard about that book three times. Okay, I'm going to buy it. Right. Yeah, you know, I heard about this product over here three times. Yeah, I think I'm going to buy it. Mm-hmm. So be aware of who you're absorbing from, because a shortcut is that we rely on celebrities and people that we see as famous or important all the time mm-hmm. for our products. Yeah. Another one is that we, for instance, may never start investing because of the difficulty of starting. Right. Right. It's so hard to start. I don't even know where to begin. I don't know how to invest. So we that's a shortcut to a decision that right. must be made, right. right? We just say, nope, it's too hard, uh, too difficult. When really, once you set it up, and you can get help to do that, by the way, you can get an automatic enrollment. You can do a once a year, you know, 1% uh, increase every year so that you stay on track. So there yeah. are ways. We just have to be aware that we're taking shortcuts. Yeah, it's amazing because one of the shortcuts is I'm just not going to do anything. Mm-hmm because moving would be difficult. Right. So my shortcut is to not do anything. Right. And that hurts us in the long term. And that's right. why some employers have instituted just an automatic enrollment across all of their employees mm-hmm. to be invested 1% additionally each year yeah. because that that slow move by the employer causes the employee not to feel the pain. Right. And it ends up helping the employee over their 30-year career Absolutely. massively. Sure. Uh, but they felt very little pain, and they wouldn't have done anything because the shortcut was, well, I'm just going to sit here and not do yeah. anything. It's no, too hard. Information overload, I'm going to stop. Right. Yep. Yep. yep, good. Another shortcut is that we get sold because we don't have enough information or enough time to seek out all the available information, right? The infomercial uh, thing, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, we just kind of fall prey to this you need this in your life. This is why it's a good deal. Go ahead and do it. And we're, we don't take the time to really say, do I really need this? Is this the best product for me? We don't take the time. We just kind of, okay, I need it. It sounds like a good idea. And we get sold. Yeah. And we spend money that we typically shouldn't be spending or not on those products. Right, right. You know, I've had some situations, actually, Ashley and I bought a TV uh, fairly recently. And I remember being a little bit frustrated because I went to the salesperson mm to get sold mm. because I psychologically wanted to feel like I was yes. getting a good deal. Yes. Because I'm about to make, I think it was like an $800 decision yeah. somewhere in that make range. make sure it's a good decision. And feel good about it. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I was expecting the salesman to help me feel better about that decision. You know, <laughs> like just tell me why this is the best product, the best brand, yeah. the best version. And he didn't do that for you, did he? And he didn't do it for me. <laughs> and I felt so unsatisfied. And I think that's it's such a psychological thing. So be aware. Sometimes uh, you get sold completely unknowingly. Mm-hmm. Sometimes having a really good salesperson introduce you to the true value of a product and introduce you to really specific niche brands or niche ideas, that can be beneficial because mm-hmm. it helps you feel that satisfaction 
But you've got to realize yeah. getting sold is right. often a shortcut and it doesn't always, it's not even usually the best method right. for ending up with a product. I would agree. Uh, another one is that we use rules of thumb to make decisions. For instance, we we stick to brands, right? Brands, brand names yeah. are really the only way to go. You buy anything else, it's substandard, <laughs> it's you know, it's not processed right, whatever, whatever. Whatever biases we have toward that, we, we tend to, to do that. Also, uh, we tend to do what other people in our lives do, yeah. what our parents you know, use or do and how they make decisions. Um, also, other things that influence us is like bias, bu- buzzwords like organic, non-GMO, no gluten, healthy alternatives, uh, sugar-free. All those things impact yeah. us. And those are shortcuts to really understanding what's best for us because it's easy. And uh, I think one of the things that, that we don't even realize, but – Every decision you make, you know, you get up in the morning, you have a certain level of energy. Every decision you make, this has been proven, by the way, that every decision you make takes a certain amount of energy and and cognitive ability. So the less decisions you make, the better off you are, right? Because you have more energy to do the stuff that really matters. So sometimes you have to also look at this and say, again, this is veering off a little bit, but but just to say that realize that this is affecting you almost on a physical and emotional level because you're making these decisions. So sometimes a shortcut is, I don't want to do all that thinking. Right. I just want to get the item. And if the celebrity says this is it, I'm buying it, I don't care. Right. And that could be that could be detrimental long term, right. right? Especially if it's a big ticket item. So it's just being aware of this. Really, I don't it's not that we have the solutions for it. It's yeah. becoming aware is part of the solution. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And it's funny because, you know, you may get to that place where the buzzword of uh, low fat because you're on a diet and you think, oh, low fat's what I want. Mm-hmm. But then usually, you know, mm-hmm. foods that are packaged and processed that are low, low fat, fat. Yeah, not have good for more you. sugar yeah. <laughs> or they have more sodium. I mean, you're going to see, oh, this is a low sodium brand, but it has higher this. I mean, it, it's so interesting because mm-hmm. we get caught on, oh, well, it must be healthy because it's low fat. It must be healthy because it's organic. It yeah. must be healthy because it's non-GMO. Yeah. And you can have non-GMO candy bars like, Hey, it's not healthy. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a candy bar. It's a candy bar. Tastes darn good, but uh, you can't have it for lunch and so, dinner. All right. The time. So just be aware of the rules of thumb that you might be relying on. Um, yeah, you get you get to the point where uh, you begin relying on the big brands, and you think, okay, um, may, maybe you start out at something like Walmart, and then you say, no, I'm going to stop relying on Walmart as my brand. I'm going to start going to Target because mm-hmm. Target, in my mind, has a little bit better feel to it, and their lights are a little bit nicer, yeah. and the prices are a little bit higher, so it must be more. Yeah, the you food know, must be better. Must quality, be better, right? All of that. Sure, right. So all sure. these biases, all these thoughts, go into that decision making process. Yeah. So. Recently, uh, I purchased a, another vehicle, a truck, and what I didn't know was that uh, when I purchased a truck, what I didn't know is that there were inherent problems with this with this design, this engine. And so, over the last literally three months, I have been working on the issues that this manufacturer has created. Um, and there's no car that's perfect, right? So, but there were some inherent problems because of the design. And long story short, I've been going through the process of trying to find replacement parts to fix this particular engine and it's so amazing watching myself go through this process because as i was thinking about this podcast and us doing it you and i talked about the about this before the week before we started recording but it's how i've been um, processing through this information and how this particular topic has influenced the way i process through what i need mm-hmm. to what you know because i have a budget on what i want to spend right and it's it seems like no matter what the budget you set it's all always always challenged right 
I want to spend $400 on rebuilding these, these cylinder heads, for instance. Well, you take it to the machine shop before you know it, it's going to be a $2,000 replacing the heads because they cannot be fixed. Wow. So now it's like, okay, but is a $2,000 set of heads, cylinder heads, good? Well, as I started doing the research, I realized these inherent flaws, some of them were fixed, but now all the castings are made in China. And everybody says they're no good. So they have to go to a machine shop. So that means there's an extra cost to machine them and put better valves in them. So, I mean, I'm reading literally for days trying to figure out, because I don't want to do this again. I'm rebuilding this engine. Right. I do you, not want to do this job. You're already rebuilding it. You don't have yeah, to do it again. I don't want to do this again. I mean, pulling an engine out of a truck, breaking it down, and then putting it back together. Talk about a jigsaw puzzle, right? <laughs> and so you do not want to do this job again. And so I am faced with all of these Almost, I feel almost insecure. Like I'm reading, the more I'm reading, the more insecure I feel because there are people that are giving me information through forums, through you know, manufacturers um, of different products and all that. And I'm taking all this information and trying to figure out which is the best for what I need. And I'm limited as far as the financial part. I don't want to spend thousands of dollars. So what's the best decision? And this is really what we're talking about. I'm just giving one example, but we all face this on a small scale and sometimes on a very large scale. And it could literally paralyze you. And you almost never feel, this is the sad part, you almost never feel like I made the right decision. Mm. I think more and more the way we make decisions, because there's so many options. We have Amazon. We have Walmart. We have all of these different organizations that can give us 20 different types of, for every product, or 100 different types. Right. And now you're looking through the, and every time you look, there's almost like an upgrade to everything. Right. And as you look at the upgrade, you're, you're all of a sudden you're thinking, Gosh, I thought about buying this, but now that I know these other options are available, I don't I don't think the one I thought about is even adequate. In fact, <laughs> if I buy it, I know it's the wrong thing. And you go from this is what I need to I don't even know if I'm buying the right thing and I'm spending twice as much as I originally thought. So this this is the this is the dilemma. This is what we're facing. And I think today, because of the technology, because of the information, because we are in the information age, we are more crippled in making decisions than we ever were because we have so much information, less time it seems, mm -hmm. right? And the lack of knowledge or our cognitive ability to really understand right. what it is that we need to know in order to make the best decision possible. Yeah, if I was gonna have to you know, have my uh, cylinder heads remachined, <laughs> I would not have the cognitive ability to walk through that process. I would get sold by a salesperson right. Because they would say, you need this, this, and this. And I would not have the information, nor really the cognitive ability to go gather the information right. accurately. And I'm going to rely on the salesperson. Yeah. So at the end That's of the day, now I'm, I'm relying on the salesperson. So now I've got to figure out, well, which company has the most honest salespeople? Mm -hmm. So now I've got to go look at reviews. <laughs> so I end up in that same trap, even though I'm not going to yeah. look into every single detail on the cylinder right. head itself. Right. Now I've got to find out, well, do I go to this company or this company? Who's got the best reputation? Well, maybe I'll go on Facebook and get recommendations from friends. And then you see your friends' biases come out and it, it gets overwhelming. It you know, we no really longer does. have two to three options. We have 10, 20, 30, 100. Yeah. And that can be overwhelming. All right. So let's talk about a few of the solutions to this problem. Leo. Yeah, we, we kind of... Uh, <laughs> stirred ourselves up. up. Yeah, stirred <laughs> up the, the, the ant uh, nest, so to speak. So let's see if we can 
provide some solutions. Yeah. So, so you're on getting money right, right? You're listening to the podcast. So you know that the first solution is going to be to have a budget in right, place. Right. Gotta you have, have to put some limits somewhere mm-hmm. and you have to have a plan. And so, so, you know, at the end of the day, if you only have a thousand dollars for rent, yeah. then that is going to eliminate a ton of choices right off the bat. Right. And now you're looking at somewhere between $600 a month and a thousand, and you have a $400 range instead of a $5,000 range or whatever. Yeah. You know, the world will offer you a lot lot of solutions. So start with a budget, then build some margin into your finances, because there are going to be some things that are unexpected. Sure. So you do need to have that budget, keep your finances below your means, you know, 10, 15% savings somewhere in there so that when something unexpected comes up, you are not doubly frustrated because Mm -hmm. A, you're frustrated when something unexpected comes up, when you have to buy something you don't don't expect you don't feel like you need but at the end of the day you do need it well you're frustrated but if you have the money in reserve that helps alleviate some of the tension Mm -hmm. it'll alleviate some of the emergency feeling right and so that gives you a little bit more time it gives you a little bit more mental space to do the research to get the information that you need to make a good decision yeah so i I see this two different ways one it gives you the uh, margin or the ability right to buy something that you may need to spend more money. It's not, yeah. your, your budget might've said, hey, I'm gonna put $200 aside for car repairs, but now I gotta replace the transmission and it's $3,000 and I only have 1,800 in there. Right. So by having margin, now you can absorb that extra expense that you weren't planning on, right? Mm-hmm. That's what an emergency fund for is. That's what having a little bit of margin in your budget itself, where you're not, not every dime is being allocated to some kind of an expense. There is yeah. extra that's being put into an, a fund or an account. So that's that's one thing. The other one, though, is that it gives you the ability to then uh, look at the expense and say, okay, because I have this much, how do I make the best decision, right? So it, it really gives you both the ability to stretch if you need to, but also yep. to absorb and stick to the budget when you when you know you can't right. go beyond it, right? right? So it, it is really a, a crucial thing to have a plan. Without it, I think not only will you be sold, but you will consistently spend way more money than you have. Yeah. And this is where debt becomes unmanageable for most people is because they feel like they need to make decisions quickly um, to the level that is going to provide the satisfaction and the value that they want. And unfortunately, without a plan, sometimes that number just skyrockets, right? Yeah. Because there's nothing to say, well, is it 200 or is it 400, right? It's automatically, what's 400? Right. There is no 200. Right. Whereas a budget at least says, this is what you have. Mm-hmm. Find a solution at this price. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a that's a very, very important part of it. Yeah. So another important solution to this is to be aware of who you're allowing to speak into your life. Mm-hmm. And so if, if it's celebrities or influencers or friends, be aware of the people, people that you're letting speak and be aware that it's opinion. Yeah. <laughs> it's not always the Very truth. Much so. Yes. <laughs> so other people's biases and their past experiences, uh, they might cause you to eliminate an option that might actually be really good for you. Mm-hmm. So just be aware, you know, buyer beware, be aware of who's speaking into your life and their motivation, their intention. And that sometimes if you listen to someone's opinion, it might cause you to miss out on something that's actually really important. Yeah, and one other thing is that when you hear an opinion about, let's say, a brand or or type of service, instead of just basing your decision on the opinion, call the company, 
call the the product developer whoever it is that you're thinking about like for instance i was thinking about these specific cylinder heads because i had to replace them but i was reading all these forums on all these guys saying different things about different people and the way they portray the information it's biased because they say oh never buy this from this person or uh, you know, I only do business with this person. Well, the price difference is huge, yeah. right? For me, it was more than $1,500 price difference. Well, that's that's a pretty significant amount of money. So I said, wait a minute, let me look at what they're saying. Who are they talking about? And if I'm trying to do business with that particular customer and they're saying something negative about it, then I'm sorry, not customer, but uh, uh, manufacturer. Then what I did is I just called the manufacturer. Yeah. And I had a conversation with them because I wanted to see I want to be educated by them. What is your process? How do you how do you develop this product? How do you ensure its quality? What kind of uh, warranty do you have? Rather yeah. than just taking a person's opinion, I dug deeper. I didn't just automatically dismiss that as an option and went to the three four thousand dollar option because right. that wasn't really an option for me. <laughs> right, <laughs> so, right. So force yourself to not not be swayed just by the opinion, but go deep deeper and make sure that you're actually making a decision based on actual information, not opinion. There's a big difference between the two. Yeah, that's good. So the next solution is to deal with the fear because there is going to be, like you said, mm-hmm. you got to the place where there's a, a level of insecurity because there's so much out there mm-hmm. and you've got to deal with fear. You've got to re- realize that every decision will come with some uncertainty. Yeah, you don't have enough time or enough knowledge right. or whatever. You're always going to deal with bounded rationality. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to label that fear and say, okay, what exactly is the fear that I'm dealing with? Yeah. Is, it a, is it a safety issue? Is it a, uh, am I not going to drive the full satisfaction from this product if this happens, you know, right. you fill in the blank. you got to figure out what's the worst thing that could happen and label it yeah. and say, okay, how bad is that really in my life? Yeah, and what's the likelihood that this is going uh, yeah, to happen? Yeah, and is this a 5% right. chance or yeah. a 95% yeah, chance? that's good. If you label it and you call it out and you say, no, that's fear, mm-hmm. I'm going to deal with that fear, I'm not going to let fear rule my life, Right. call it out label it, and then put some percentages by it and say, what's the likelihood of this? Uh, is it is it going to lead to a real safety issue in your life, or is it probably more of an inconvenience? Yeah. Right? There's a big difference between the two. Uh, you know, it's like the idea of if you're buying a house in a floodplain and it costs $300, $300,000, mm-hmm. right? That is a bigger decision that has more uh, ramifications yes. than if you're going to buy a desk for your home for $300. Right. And so when you're making that $300,000 decision, you need to have an adequate level of not fear, but understanding, yeah. right? You yeah. need to have some, some basic guidelines and, and limits built in yeah. so that you don't make a bad decision. If it's in a floodplain, if it has all these other issues, you want to be aware of that. But if you're buying a desk for $300, what's the worst that could happen? Oh, yeah. you know. You don't leg. like the desk and you sell it and yeah. buy another one later. Yeah, you yeah. sell it for 200 bucks and you You'll lost lose, 100. Lose, right. Yeah, lose a couple hundred dollars right. the most. So just be aware. Be aware of what the biggest, biggest, real worst thing that could happen is and label it. Uh, realize the value. Now, I think this is funny that I'm saying this, but this <laughs> I wrote this. So realize the value of brands. Uh, a brand is a promise. Uh, it is the company's way of saying, we put our name behind this, we mm-hmm. put our seal on it, and there is value to a brand. Yes. Uh, you know, there are companies that when they put something out into the world, they're going to guarantee it and they're going to make sure that it works well for you and that you're satisfied. Yeah. And if you're not satisfied, they'll fix it, they'll right. take it back, they'll right. give you your money back. There is value in a brand. Absolutely. And and this is something that I, I love going with generic store brands for uh, different food items, definitely for medicine, because it's typically, well, FDA says it has to have the same ingredients, the mm-hmm. same mm-hmm. Uh, working components. But there are brands that add value to products mm-hmm. 
and be aware of that. It's okay. There are yeah. people that say, hey, I, I only buy Hondas or I only buy Toyotas. And that eliminates a lot of other decisions from their life. <laughs> yeah. And they're buying a brand that they trust, that they understand how that vehicle works because they've dealt with the engine before and the components inside of it. Right. Right. Sometimes you can find a brand that you love and trust and you might pay a little premium. Yeah. And, and it's, it's worth not, it. And it's worth and it's it. Worth it's it not to a do bad it when, thing. When, when it's a good brand right. and it provides all of those benefits. Right. So so you have to you have to be aware. Be aware of brands and understand that there is value in that. Mm-hmm. And and that's a good thing. You know, yeah. it's not yeah. like, oh, every time it's it's more expensive, it's a bad thing. No, there yeah. could actually be real value in that. I think the last thing is probably just to to realize that this is all about satisfaction. Right? Yeah. You and I, when we make a decision, we want to feel confident that we've made the best decision at the best price. Uh and that I mean, basically, it's are we satisfied with the decision we've made? You know, do we walk away Are we, or do we have regret right. a month or a year from now? And we have to be careful of that because that's a good thing, but it also could be a negative thing. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't take all of these things that we talked about into account um, and some of the biases that we have and some of the, you know, shortcuts, if we don't take those into account, then satisfaction can be the only reason we make that decision. I just want to be, I want to feel like I made the best decision. Well, you know, I'm not going to spend $60,000 on a car so I could feel that, okay, this is the best car I've ever bought. You know, I'm going to buy something way, way under that. And I'm still going to be satisfied that's going to take me where I need to go. Yeah. So it's really, we have to be aware that satisfaction is part of every decision we make. But we also have to make sure that that satisfaction doesn't lead us to, you know, being sold just because we feel good, right? Because right? we're, right. we're seeking to feel good, I should say. Yeah. So. I want to leave you with uh, one rule of thumb that I I've, have found to be true in almost every situation. And it's the rule of good, cheap, or fast. Usually you can get two out of the three. <laughs> yeah. Usually you can get two out of three, but it's very difficult to get all three at once. That's very so, true. Good and cheap. Mm-hmm. Hey, I can find something good, and I can find it inexpensive. But I'm usually going to have to wait. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to it's going to come along once a year, right. every six it's months a once on a, in a sale, yeah, once in a while opportunity. Right. right. So uh, good and cheap, but it won't happen fast. And, and even if you think about shipping, hey, mm-hmm. maybe I found something good and cheap, but if I want it to get here faster, it won't be, fast. it won't be cheap anymore, right? <laughs> That's right. That's <laughs> so, right. So I can find good and fast, but it won't be cheap. Right. Or I could find something cheap and I could get it really fast. But it won't be good. But it's probably not going to be very good. Yeah. So yeah. just be true. aware. You That's can good. usually get two out of the three. Finding all three at once is extremely difficult. Good, cheap, and fast. Yeah. That's good. Well, we want to thank you for joining us for this episode. If you enjoyed it, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. And we really would love to see more reviews and more uh, five-star ratings on our podcast. I because it. what it means to us, folks, is that it helps us to become more uh, easily found by other potential listeners. So if you enjoyed it, please share the love. Uh, the two ways you can do that is through subscribing to the podcast and of course, rating and reviewing it. That, that means a lot to us. And the other one is to share the podcast on your social media platform. Wherever you spend your time, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, we do post our podcast on there. So when you see it, would you just share it? Pass it on to others, to your group of friends and the people that you care about and let them know about it so that they can also benefit, that we would love to share what we're doing and we would love to see more and more people uh, come to uh, have access to this information. So please take the time to do that. Take two minutes a day to go to iTunes or to podcast or whatever podcast service you use and rate and review us on there. We would really, really appreciate it. We would really appreciate it. 
You can also find the show notes to this episode and more content and resources at leosabo.com. We look forward to having you join us next time so that together we, we can, can keep, keep getting, getting money, money right. right. people are going to act in their own best interest. Mm -hmm. uh, usually people are going to do things that will increase their happiness. Usually we're going to do things that are logical and right. rational. Uh, but unfortunately, some of these biases and other factors, they conspire against us. Uh, this bounded rationality occurs and it causes us to make bad choices that go against the things that we even want.